Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss how a flight crew delivered an out-of-this-world experience for their passenger, how ending the relationship is just as important as starting the relationship, and how moving doesn't have to be a nightmare experience. Eclipsing, canceling, and moving. Oh, my. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Dan, as our loyal listeners know, you and I both spend a lot of time on airplanes. Yes, we do. And I know, before you tell us again, your favorite airline is Delta. Well, fair enough. You are correct. I love Delta, and we've talked about them a lot on the show. But this edition of CX Press is about, wait for it, another airline. <gasps> Say it ain't so, Joe. Yes, indeed, Dan. This story is all about Southwest Airlines. And it comes to us from an article on Inc.com written by Bill Murphy Jr. titled, This is the Most Amazing Photo Ever Taken from a Commercial Airplane. I learned about this article from my good friend Nick Hemmert at the Center for Awesomeness. Such a great name for a business. The Center for Awesomeness? <laughs> the Center for Awesomeness. Yeah, check it out. Nick Hemmert and uh, his wife Monica run this great program, the Center for Awesomeness. It's fabulous. But I digress. The article we're talking about today tells the story of New York-based artist, photographer, John Carmichael, and his efforts to try to capture a photo of the Great American Eclipse that happened last year. Were you part of all of the eclipse craze when that happened last year, Dan? Well, I may or may not have acquired a pair of eclipse glasses, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to please create it so that we can include that photo in the show notes. If you have a photo of yourself wearing that. <laughs> there, does, there does not exist a photo, Joey. Come on. I think we may need to Photoshop and create one. Fair enough. I love it. Okay, so here's the scoop. For those that might not remember what happened last year, for the first time in 99 years, the moon's shadow raced across the U.S., becoming what many people believe was the most observed and photographed moment in history. John Carmichael wanted to capture this moment in a special way, so he mapped out all of the commercial flight paths around the United States and compared them to the moon's path of totality. That's the fancy way of saying where the eclipse was going to occur. He then decides to fly across the country to catch Southwest Airlines Flight 1368, departing from Portland, Oregon, and flying to St. Louis, Missouri. I dare you, first of all, to use the phrase path of totality another time in this episode. Oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> but besides from that, 
This sounds like this guy is going through a decent amount of work to take said best photo ever. He really is. And I mean, I understand that, you know, he's trying to do something. This is a once in a lifetime experience and he wants to capture the photo. And here's the crazy thing. We're just getting started with all the pieces of this story. So Carmichael, as you might understand, is pretty nervous. Uh, He's quoted in the article as saying, I thought I was making a huge mistake and I would miss this once in a lifetime moment that I'd envisioned for many years. All the odds were against me. He arrives at the Southwest Gate in Portland with his camera gear to find out he's in boarding group C. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, One of the reasons why I stopped flying Southwest is that in order to do that, you have to basically be ready for the fact that you don't get an assigned seat. And you just get on the plane and you kind of take whatever seat you want, depending on the group that you are assigned and in this case, C was not a good assignment. No, there are two letters before C. That would be A and B. So Carmichael basically is realizing he's going to be one of the last people to get on the plane. And the problem is he needs a window seat, right? He wants to take the picture out the window as the plane is flying through the eclipse. And so he has $600 in cash on him to bribe a fellow passenger for the window seat, which I actually thought was was thinking ahead and pretty creative on his part. But before he gets on the plane, he explains what he's trying to do to the flight crew. And they buy into the adventure. Hint, hint, folks, this is where the story takes a big turn as the Southwest crew, and specifically Captain Jeffrey Jackson, decide to go above and beyond to create a remarkable experience for one of their customers. They give him seat 1A, right? So right at the front of the plane, window seat. And the captain has the window specifically cleaned, both inside and out, because they know he's going to be using his camera up against the window of the plane to take this photo. Then as they're flying and they go under the moon's shadow during the eclipse, the captain gets permission, this is so great, to perform a series of five 180-degree turns in order to make sure that Carmichael gets the shots he needs. Wow. Now, that's pretty impressive because that's not just like, here, here's another free drink. This is (laughs) like actually changing the operation of the entire airplane and its route. Yeah, and you know, probably burning more gas. You have to file a flight plan, so it's calling into air traffic control and saying, "Hey, by the way, we're going to do a crazy Ivan in the sky." You know, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine that just showing up on the radar? Like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, like how did just like what is he doing? And you know, invariably, it's kind of like those things with um people that have runner or biking tracking apps will like draw little pictures with their app and that where based on where they've gone. This is like doing that with a plane. I love it. I love it. But anyway. So Carmichael takes all the photos. He gets back home to New York City, and he's got over 1,200 images. He's hoping that he has something special. And he clicks through the images, and he's thrilled to find out that as they flew over the Snake River during totality, while they were on the path of totality. Now, that one doesn't count. I'll use it later. in the episode. The scientific name for what happens in the full eclipse, right? Totality. He got the shots. And what's amazing is that the photos show the Snake River as it bisects the borders of Oregon and Idaho. I mean, it's an absolutely stunning composition. 
Yeah, the image really is incredible. And if you haven't seen it, we've included it in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com. You can go check it out there. And also, we'll include a link to Carmichael's website where you can actually purchase a print of the image if you would like that he captured during his Southwest flight. Indeed. And I agree. This image is stunning. And the story really has something for everyone, right? It's a customer going above and beyond to capture something special that he can then sell to people and share with the rest of the world, this beautiful image he saw. Southwest Airlines goes above and beyond to help him capture it. You know, in an era where so many companies are trying to create user-generated content, I think this is maybe my most favorite example of that ever. I mean, their customer generated the content that Southwest then gets to use going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they Southwest can use this content in lots of different ways. And and in fact, did. They went on to create an entire video about the experience, which we will also link to in the show notes. Yeah, I love Carmichael's perspective about this entire experience. So speaking about the eclipse and his whole experience with creating the photo, he says this, For one day, people came together as one, and the media was filled with positivity. And it's very simple why. For a brief moment in time, everyone in America became an astronomer. That's what astronomy does. It humbles us. My wish is for this photograph to be a symbol of that fleeting, beautiful moment and remind us that we are all a part of something bigger than ourselves. I hope it inspires people to take care of each other, our planet, and keep looking up. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. So Joey, towards the end of season one, I know you were moving from one city in Colorado to another. How did the move go? Well, Dan, they say on the list of experiences that an individual can have in their life that the only thing more traumatic than a move is a death of an immediate family member. And while it hasn't been that bad, man, moving is not so fun. It can be really stressful. You know, we moved, as our listeners know, from Evergreen, Colorado to Boulder, Colorado a few weeks ago. To be honest, we're still unpacking. We're still getting settled in. There's cardboard boxes. Yeah, that'd be in almost every room of the house still. Well, yeah, that can take a while. And the longer that they sit, then the longer they sit, if you know what I mean. Like, it just becomes less and less of a priority. So, yeah. Well, part of our problem is we've been here for about eight weeks now, but we've only been in the house three weeks because we travel so much. So, it's kind of like we're here and sleeping here and our stuff's here, but the actual days we've had to unpack have been a little more limited than I would have liked. But c'est la vie, such is life. All right. So, what was the hardest part about moving? Well, I think there's a lot of things that can be challenging when you move, but the one that provided the most fodder for our purposes here on the experience this show is the experience of canceling and discontinuing service. Now, we talk a lot on this show about having a remarkable new customer onboarding experience, but what most companies fail miserably at is how they offboard customers who no longer want to do business with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
we talk about and, and lots of articles and, and other publications talk about onboarding being huge because it's the beginning of a relationship, but that offboarding part is often overlooked. I remember when we talked last season about Chewy.com and and the example of uh, my friend who lost his cat and how well Chewy treated him, even though he was potentially leaving them as a customer. Is that sort of, is that kind of what you're talking about here? Absolutely. You know, it's this theory that we're so excited when we get a new customer, right? But one of the things I've learned is that how you end the relationship is just as important as how you start the relationship. Because at the end of the day, really, that's the last memory that those customers will have of you. And no matter how much they loved you when they were a customer, if you kind of throw pour gasoline and throw a match on the relationship as it's ending, and they have a terrible experience, well, that's all they're going to talk about. And that's all they're going to remember going forward. For sure. That recency effect stays there for quite a while. I sense, though, however, that there might be an example coming here. You know me all too well. We'll get into the example. Okay. So the worst experience I had was when canceling a digital subscription to a newspaper or more of a journal that is named after a famous street in New York City. As you know, we don't like to say the actual names of the businesses, but folks, you can read between the lines. So anytime I've moved, and I've moved many, many times over the years, not only do I sign up for new services, internet, utilities, wherever I'm going to move to, and disconnect the old ones, but I also use the move as a chance to reevaluate my many subscriptions. So I don't know about you, but subscriptions have a tendency to accumulate over a while. And what I find is that like many people, I'm not using the subscription as much as I thought I would. And I find that the act of moving is a great excuse for me to look at all of my subscriptions because I have to update addresses anyway and say, is this subscription worth continuing? So as part of this recent move, I realized that a particular newspaper subscription wasn't getting used as much as I would like. So I decided to cancel it. And thus began the saga of trying to end the relationship. So let's just establish some facts here. This was a subscription that obviously you enjoyed for some amount of time because that's why you had it. Absolutely. And in the beginning, I got a lot of use out of it and I was enjoying it. But like as time went on, I got busy with other things and I subscribed to a lot of magazines. I subscribed to a couple different newspapers. And to be candid, I'm just getting to the point where consuming content, there's not as many hours in the day left to consume content. So it was not that I had had a bad experience or, or didn't like them. I was just like, you know what, on my list of all the things I'm going to focus on in terms of consuming content, this particular source is not going to be as high of a priority anymore. So I should cancel my subscription. Okay. So that totally makes sense. And what made it so difficult? Well, here's the crazy thing. First, I had to search on their website to find out how to cancel. And to be honest, it wasn't that intuitive. You had to click about a dozen levels down before you get to what you think is going to allow you to cancel. And then you can't even cancel online. So finally, I tracked down the customer service phone number so that I could call in and cancel. Well, I call up. If I could just interrupt right yeah, there. Go ahead. That's already a bad experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm already not excited about this, right? Because if it's a digital subscription that I made online without talking to a human, I would think that I'd be able to cancel that subscription 
online without talking to a human. And do you, yeah, we spent we spent lots of time making it easy to sign up online. Yeah, yeah, but so impossible to cancel. Yeah, but not to cancel. Yeah. Now to be clear, this is on a monthly auto bill, so I get that they don't want to lose that monthly brainless auto bill that hits my credit card, right? But yeah, I'm looking around. And if it is somewhere that is more obvious on their site, I missed it. So in that sense, their UI is not as good as it could be because I looked around for a while and I finally found a phone number and I got on the phone with someone who then proceeded to spend 10 minutes. I kid you not, I timed this trying to upsell me into a bigger subscription. Even though I started the conversation with, hey, thanks so much. Just wanted to call in. I need to cancel my digital subscription today. I'm not reading it nearly as much as I used to. Love the product, love your service, but I'm just not getting the value. So you, can you please help me cancel? That was my opening statement. Because I know usually they say, well, why are you canceling? And could we consider migrating you to another one? Do, do, do. This goes on for 10 minutes. You're a lot more patient than I am, buddy. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm thinking as this is happening, I'm just watching the time tick and I'm going, this is going to be a segment on Experience This. This is going to be a... I thought you were thinking, Dan Gingis wouldn't be waiting this long. <laughs> yeah, that too. So anyway, long story short, after about 15 minutes total, 15 to 20 minutes into the call, they finally agree to cancel it. And because I've been down this road before, not my first rodeo, I say, great, can you give me the cancellation number? Because I want proof that this is canceled. Nope, no cancellation numbers. Nothing they can give me that proves that I canceled. They say, don't worry, we'll send you an email confirming your cancellation in 24 to 48 hours. Because it definitely takes that long to send emails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, this is the first email they've ever sent for a cancellation. The only form of cancellation they give me is the name of the rep that I'm talking to and his ID number, which to be frank, the way he says it, I'm not even sure he's giving me a real ID number or his real name. So I'm not feeling too confident about this. But the the piece de resistance, the thing that drove me insane was the fact that the day I called to cancel was the day of my monthly billing cycle renew. And I told them this. I was like, hey, by the way, it's going to hit on my card today. Can we cancel? They said, no, sir it will cancel effective for next month. So they snuck one more monthly charge out of me. Oh, come on. And they couldn't. And obviously that guy, somebody's got the ability to refund that and he wouldn't do it. You would think, but no, nothing. I asked to speak to a supervisor. Supervisor says, no, nothing. At this point, I've been on the phone for 30 minutes and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to chalk it up to a frustrating experience that I'll talk about on our show. So here's the deal. Leaving your business needs to be as remarkable of an experience as joining your business. Now, as an alternative to the story I just shared, I also canceled another monthly subscription as part of my move, this time with Audible. Now, I love books. I really enjoy audiobooks, but I realized I wasn't using my Audible subscription as much as I would like, and the credits were building up. So the program I was on, you pay a monthly fee, you get a credit for one book, and they were stacking up because I wasn't downloading a book every month. So as part of the move, I decided I'm going to cancel this as well. So I went online. And buddy, I was nervous because I had just had this other experience a few minutes before. I could definitely see where you were nervous. So now I'm nervous for you. Was it another bad experience? It took less than three minutes. 
It was totally awesome, which is why I mentioned Audible by name. I did it all online. It was quick and easy. They actually had an auto-generated message that wished me the best and said, if you ever want to come back and resubscribe, we'll happily welcome you back to the fold. I actually felt bad about canceling my subscription, right? We talk all the time on the show about how we make our customers feel. And this is a perfect example of how you can make a customer feel good even when they're doing something that you don't like. In this case, canceling a subscription and not being a customer anymore. If you do it, not only will they be quicker to come back into the fold, but they're going to tell their friends about it. So folks, go subscribe to Audible. They're awesome. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? All right. So in the last segment, we talked about one of Joey's least favorite parts about moving. What, pray tell, if there was one, was the best experience that you had with your move? Well, Dan, this one is actually really easy. So in the path of totality that was our move, the best part... (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was hoping you'd catch that. The best part of the experience was our moving company, Black Belt Movers. Wait, you had a positive experience with movers? Yeah, I know. It's shocking, right? Here's the deal. The residential moving industry is not an industry known for great customer experiences. But that being said, our family's experience with Black Belt Movers, their tagline is Mad Ninja Skills. I love it. Our experience was absolutely amazing. So first, we received a glowing recommendation from the property management firm that we'd been renting our house from. And trusted referrals are absolutely huge. And I figured that if our property management firm recommends these folks, they must be pretty good. And they were spot on. These folks were great. All right. So you found these guys through a referral, which many, many people do. Hint, hint, people. It's very important that you have positive reviews of your company. What happened then? So in the past, what would happen because I've used movers before, you get on the phone with the moving company. They say, how many bedrooms do you have? How big's your basement? How many boxes do you think you'll have, etc.? They ask some questions and then they give you an estimate. Black Belt Movers was very different. They actually sent out an estimator to our house. And that gave us a much more accurate estimate. And this was all before any commitment had been made. They were like, look, we'll send somebody, we'll tell you what it'll be. And while the number that they estimated, frankly, was a higher price than I would have liked. uh, For example, they said, we're going to need to move you in three trucks instead of two, which was staggering to me, given that we had moved from a apartment in Washington, D.C. that had less than a thousand square feet. And now we were in a four bedroom house. And I was like, man, things have accumulated over time. What was awesome is the estimate was based on reality instead of on a few random questions. And they eliminated the surprise later of the price being remarkably different. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, setting customer expectations is always important. And especially when you're at a very emotional, high, strong time like moving, the last thing that you want is to show up on moving day and find out that you know the price is higher than you expected and you can't do anything about it. So That sounds like a very good start to your experience. What happened on the day of the move? 
So you're right. We're off to a great start. I talked to them about the estimate. They agree to have two trucks come to the house and keep the third one in reserve that they can bring out if they need it. So I'm already feeling heard, right? I'm already feeling that my opinion and kind of my experience matters. These guys show up and they were all guys to move us. They are incredibly friendly. They have great attitudes. They have impeccable manners. I mean, they're they're asking if they should take their shoes off before they come in the house. They even humored my two boys. I've got a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old who basically two moving trucks roll into the yard and they think they want to play in them and drive them and the whole thing. They were humorous. They were entertaining. They moved efficiently and effectively. And here's the great part. They got both trucks packed faster than they had estimated. Which probably made you happy. Dude, I was thrilled because they do by the hour, right? That's how they charge, by the hour. So I'm looking at this going, we're packing and we're already ahead of schedule, which usually in a move is the worst part for them to accurately estimate because it's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, right? It's harder to put it together than take it apart. So now we're all getting ready to head out. We get in the cars. We've got the two trucks. They're loaded up with the crews. I'm in our car with you know the whole family and one of the trucks won't move. It'll start, but they can't put it into gear. Wait, so you mean the moving truck couldn't move? <laughs> I can't make that, this stuff it up. sounds a little bit ironic, <laughs> kind of like a black fly in your Chardonnay, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. I was just like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? Yes, the moving truck wouldn't move. So I headed to our new house, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away, and they continued to work on the other truck. We get to our new home in Boulder, we start to get everything unloaded, and then I decided to head back up to the old house to pick up a few items and shut down the house and be completely done. When I get to the original house, the old house, I find that the guys are still there. But they've brought up the third truck and they're loading the stuff off the second truck onto the third truck because the second truck won't move. Now, I would have been pretty unhappy if I was them because they've already loaded and now they're loading from one truck to another. These guys are all super upbeat and positive about it. It was fantastic. Okay, so that's also interesting and impressive because, I mean, clearly it wasn't your fault that the truck broke down, but it's nice that they kept their positive attitude. Yeah. So, and what's interesting is they're about to time out, right? So they have these requirements of when they start to work into overtime. So these guys say to me, Joey, we're about to time out. Instead of charging you overtime, what would it be like if we just did the move tomorrow instead of today? And they said, don't worry, you're not going to be charged for any of the time while we were sitting here. What we're going to do is we're going to take the truck down the mountain tonight. So we'll start from town, which means we'll start actually closer to your house. So you'll pay less for the commute time. The next day they show up, they efficiently move everything in, they get all of our items into the house, and the move is complete. All right. And this extra like next day thing, additional trip, did it cost you extra money? Not only did it not cost me extra money, when it was all said and done, my total bill was less than the original estimate. Because not only were they able to get it done faster because they moved along, but at the end they were like, look, you had to have a move that lasted two days instead of one day. We're going to make a substantial discount. Uh, Hopefully that makes up a little bit for the inconvenience of you not having all your things on day one and having a two-day move. Well, that's cool. I mean, companies are often not willing to acknowledge mistakes or certainly compensate for them. So it sounds like that What happened was out of their control, but they handled it really well. And in a particularly stressful environment, you ended up uh, a very happy camper. 
100%. So I, I think at the end of the day, here's the moral of the story. If you work in a stressful industry, and moving is definitely stressful, or if you work in any industry and something goes wrong, like a broken truck or whatever, if you recognize where your customer is emotionally and go above and beyond, your customers are going to love you. And they're going to sing your praises, which is why I can say I loved working with the ninjas at Black Belt Movers. And if you need to do a move in Nebraska or Colorado, call Black Belt Movers. They're amazing. We've talked. You've listened. Now it's time to act. There are many things you could do to take what you've learned in this episode and implement it. But at times, that can feel overwhelming. Instead, Why not just focus on three takeaways? Takeaway number one, do you look for small opportunities to make a big impression? The flight crew from Southwest Airlines didn't need to go above and beyond for photographer John Carmichael, but they did. They took his original request of a window seat and kept making it better. Captain Jackson cleaned the window inside and out, and that was wonderful. Doing five 180-degree turns to make sure Carmichael got the shots he needed in order to capture a a once-in-a-hundred-years eclipse is the type of thing that creates a story for your customers that they will happily tell again and again. What are you doing to make the little moments matter? What are you doing to take small interactions and create big impressions? Takeaway number two, do you make the experience of ending as smooth and enjoyable as the experience of starting? Great businesses focus on customer onboarding. The very best businesses give just as much attention to the customer offboarding. If you do this right, you can turn an otherwise unpleasant experience, a customer deciding to stop doing business with you, into a remarkable one for the customer. If you end the relationship on a high note, not only will a customer be more likely to come back, but in the interim, they will surely sing your praises because their path to totality was successful. Oh, you see, two can play at that game. What are you doing to make leaving your customer rank as remarkable as becoming a customer? Takeaway number three, are you helping to de-stress stressful periods in your customer journey? Moving isn't fun. To have a remarkable, positive experience with a moving company as opposed to a remarkably negative experience is extremely rare. What are you doing to identify the worst parts of your customer journey? Where your customers feel stress, angst, and frustration and make those as enjoyable as possible? How can you exceed your customer expectations by taking negative experiences and going above and beyond to make them better? How can you make sure that your team, your employees, your colleagues are all on the same page when it comes to the customer's emotional state and make sure they are responding accordingly to make the situation better? And those are the three takeaways for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Experience This. If you haven't had the chance to go leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, please consider jumping over there and giving us a couple quick words. It really helps us in the search rankings, lets people know what to expect when they listen to the show, lets them find us. We'd really appreciate it. In fact, we're so appreciative of your time that if you leave a review and send us a copy of it, we are going to pick one of the new season two reviews to win a copy of anyone, John Carmichael's picture of the great eclipse of 2017 that was described earlier in this episode. To participate, make sure you get your review as soon as possible. And please 
make sure to send it to us. You can do that on experiencethisshow.com, on joeycoleman.com, on dangingus.com, or on Twitter at dgingus or the Joey Coleman. And you can be in- yeah, but if it's but, but folks, if it's going to be on Twitter, just DM Dan. Don't DM me. You know me in the Twitters. It just doesn't work as well. That's true. I DM Joey and don't get a response, so I think you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. It's a, don't take it personally, folks. I don't even understand how it works. I'm a luddite when it comes to Twitter. So DM Dan if you want to do it on the Twitters. All right. In any event, we appreciate it, and thanks for leaving your review. We'll see you next time on the Experience This Show. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.